Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me as always is... Sun God Ra Cooper. Sun God Ra Cooper? Yeah, you know, like the Sun God Ra. Okay, that doesn't make sense, though. It will. Will it? Is the Sun God Ra in any of the movies we're going to be discussing? They mention his name. Anyway, joining me is Solomon Cooper and a bizarre reference that uh, makes no sense based on what we're going to be talking about. No, it does because they mentioned his name once. So we have a very large show for you today. Maybe not in length, even though it depends on how wordy we get. But we're going to be doing a double feature. One of our classic Kid Stays in the Podcast double features. Yes, my favorite. So we happen to have a special screening of a film that Solomon hadn't seen in a, since he was a baby, basically. So he didn't remember anything about no, it. No, not a baby. I was like eight. And it is, as weird as this might sound at first, in the same genre as the big blockbuster movie that we needed to watch. Why are you side-eyeing me? You didn't think it's in the same I just, genre? It just sounds really silly. So we're going to be discussing the new Thor movie, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. As well as the fifth element, the fifth element, which is and look, it it is. They both are highly stylized science fiction fantasy movies with a supernatural element to them and a lot of fun action comedy. So they're very they're actually very similar. You have two auteurs. You have Luke Besson and um, Taika. Watiti both have very distinctive styles and voices and senses of humor. I think there's a I think this is a is a great double feature podcast to do. What's silly about it? What do you how do you disagree? Nothing silly, just not just silly. Okay, whatever. That didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> so we're gonna start off with Thor. Love yes. and Thunder. Yeah. The follow up to the Smash critical and box office hit. Thor Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're star starring. Um, Chris we're Hems- starring. <laughs> once again, starring Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth as the mighty Thor. No, not no, nope, wrong. He's not. He's just Chris Hemsworth. I don't even know if he has a name. He's Odin's son. Thor Odin's son. Yes, because this time around we have Jane Foster as the mighty Thor. Yes. 
played by Natalie Portman. But his name is still Thor, so he's still Thor Odinson. Yes. They call him. They're both named Thor. Well, she's the mighty Thor. Oh, okay. So he's just the not so mighty Thor. He's, she's just. He's just Thor Odinson. And then returning from Ragnarok, we have Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, and of course Taika as the oh, what is the, the rock monster's name? Korb. Korg. Korb. Korg. Yeah. And uh, I don't think we have a lot. I mean, there's like minor recurring characters from. What about Thor the main Ragnar- villain? Um, and the main villain um, is played by Christian Bale yep. as Gore the God Butcher. That's him. That's him, guys. Uh, and then also in a small but very entertaining part, we have a very rotund-looking Russell Crowe as Zeus. Oh, yeah. God yeah. of the gods. Mm-hmm. So, look, when we're on the fourth movie, I don't think we need a huge amount of preamble. You know, people at this point know Thor as I a hope. character. He's had, he's had now the, the most standalone movies and as well as appearing in, you know, the Avengers and um, he, he wasn't in Guardians of the Galaxy, was he? No, he was just hanging out with them during the Avengers. But he wasn't in Guardians too. Um, I think I think you're probably right. I'm definitely right. I think you're right. So let's just go ahead and, and do our typical thing. And you know, what is, how, how do you normally feel about these Thor movies and were you looking forward to this one? Um, so I've seen the first Thor movie. I've seen all of them. Right. But I haven't seen like the, the, the second and third one in a long time. The third one is Thor Ragnarok. Oh, never mind. I've seen, I haven't seen the second one in forever. Okay. And I loved the third one. I thought it was really funny. I thought uh, Taika did a good job. And um, I was looking forward to this one. I liked the vibe. I liked the uh, the sound from the trailers. You know, the music from the trailers. <laughs> what? It's the most surface level thing possible. No, I'm just saying. I liked the way it looked visually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just super excited to see uh, Taika take another Thor movie and see how it's going to go. How... How do you feel about Thor as a character? And then I'll ask you, I guess, we'll, I'll follow up and ask how you feel about Taika in general and his you, sense of humor. So like Thor, like the MCU Thor, like the comic yes, book yeah. Thor? MCU Thor, Chris Hemsworth's Thor. Um, He's pretty cool. Um, Okay, it doesn't sound like you're a huge fan. I mean, I like all the Marvel characters, I guess. You said, <laughs> he's pretty cool, I guess. It's not really a very ringing endorsement. How would you, where would you rank him of your, of the... Of the Avengers. Well, there's so many. No, not that many Avengers. Oh, Avengers? Well, the Avengers have gotten really big now. The original Avengers that Thor was a part of. He's been in it since phase one. Okay, so oh, no, you, not, do you mean phase one Avengers then? I don't think, because we're in phase four now. So I don't, wouldn't, did Thor technically get introduced in phase one? What? We're in phase four now. So? So what phase would Thor have gotten? He wasn't like the first movie. They already made a Hulk movie. They made yeah, an Iron Man movie. Yeah, but that's still phase one. They're still was introducing it? all those heroes. Yes. So what was phase two then? Phase two was like the sequels. So like Iron Man 3. Really? I believe so. What was phase three then? Phase three was... uh, The third movies, like Ragnarok? Yeah. I think phase four is endgame, post-endgame. No, post in game. It's not in game. 
I anyway, we don't need this is boring. This is really boring. Um, okay, so, so the you, original Avengers. So you're talking about Phase One Avengers, then? I don't. I, I'm not going to call it Phase One Avengers because okay, uh, the uh, first Avengers movie. Yes, yeah. Um. Okay. So that would be Iron Man, Thor. Who else? Iron Man, Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, the Hulk, and then Captain America. Your voice is sounding really weird right now. Did you just like just wake up? What do you mean? You're just like uh, you sound like you're so congested. Do you have COVID? <clears throat> so weird. Did why that didn't, help? Why didn't you do that before we started recording? Because that's not. It didn't sound like that earlier. <laughs> um, okay, so. You don't I have think, to like give me a rating of them. I'm just saying like we're. Well, I know, rating, but like, I'm just trying to just think about it. I think I think Thor's pretty high up there. I think he'd be like second, third. Okay, so when I ask you if you like Thor, you're like, yeah, well, you're pretty good, pretty, pretty. Well, I mean, out of the six or seven Avengers, I think Iron Man's at the top. Then or Hawkeye's at the top. I like Hawkeye a lot. Hawkeye's my favorite like Marvel character. Your voice is sounding weird again. I'm, what do you mean? I don't it's, think no, it's any, not. I don't think any way clearing your throat's gonna help. It's not. You just sound like you're about to fall asleep. It doesn't sound like that. Um, like, uh, but yeah, I would rate Thor pretty high up there. Well, especially I thought that Thor had a great arc over the Avengers. If you think about the last two movies, you know what I mean. He was fat, and then he wasn't. And he got his eyeball poked out. That's true. Um, and then he kind of he was the big pinnacle action scene at the end of Infinity War. Because he's the one who came in with his new axe. Should have aimed for the head. Yeah. And yeah, so I think I think that Thor's had some really great moments. Now, I always, I actually really liked the first Thor movie. Mm-hmm. And, so did I. Um, it, it's not the, one of the higher reviewed Marvel movies, but I, I really liked it anyway. And the second Thor movie, I actually really like, and a lot of people hate that movie, Dark World. Yeah. I think it works really well as a, just a sci-fi action movie. And um, you need to watch it again. I think you would like it. Okay, I'm sure I would. And then, of course, that's what they introduced, like the red Infinity Stone, right? Yes. Reality Stone. Yep. And then Thor Ragnarok, clearly, I loved. You know, that's just it's so Every, funny. Most people love that. Even if you don't like MCU, you like that movie. Yeah, it it took Taika's sensibilities and really brought them into the Marvel universe in a way that felt very unique. You know, and even though some you know reviews and audience responses to the new Doctor Strange movie were more mixed, you know, until other than Thor Ragnarok, I would say, you know, the only other person I've seen their actual directing sensibilities come through a lot was Sam Raimi's and Doctor Strange. Yeah. So I was also really looking forward to this movie. Um, Sam Raimi's and Doctor Strange? Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange. Sorry, did I not, did I not say that? You said you said Sam Raimi's. You said the only directors I've seen style was Sam Raimi's and Doctor Strange. Oh, sorry, Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange and Taika's um, Thor. Thor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and then Taika very intentionally wanted to blow up what our expectation of the Thor was. You know, the MCU seemed a little bit took a little bit of time understanding exactly how they were going to use him. Mm-hmm. You know, at first he was very serious, and they played it kind of for laughs because he was too so self serious and vain and whatever. Yeah. And now he's a little bit more of a like lovable goofball. Yeah. I think that's you know pretty accurate. That's kind of how they have him played, which is why I think they tried to have him have um, a bromance with Star Lord because they both kind of had that same vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I was really excited about this movie. And I was expecting this to be 
huge. I was expecting it to like I was I was thinking the same thing as the first movie as far as audience score, critic score, box office. And by first movie, do you mean Thor Ragnarok? Ragnarok sorry, Tyke's first movie, for, first Thor movie. And it, it all was looking like that from the trailers. It looked like it was going weirder. It was going crazier. Mm-hmm. It was full on, you know, 80s album cover, you know, yeah, metal album I, I cover. Was, I was vibing with it. Yeah, so was I. And on top of that, they were taking a lot of stuff directly from the comics. Anyway, then the early reactions started coming in. They were mostly positive. Uh, and then the reviews started coming in. And not as good as I was expecting. I was pretty surprised to see that. Um, but I was still pretty convinced that uh, that knowing Taika, that he was going to pull it off. And if he, you know, if there's some tonal things that people didn't like, I think currently it's honestly like in the bottom 60s, in the bottom percentage of Marvel movies. Oh, yeah. Um, it's right above Thor Dark World, which is one of the second worst reviewed Marvel movies besides Eternals. Eternals. Which yeah. is the worst. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, before before we kind of go into that, have you seen a lot of Taika's other movies? Like, like is he a director that you say you completely trust or is it Thor Ragnarok the only thing you've really seen? I feel like, I feel like I've seen him do a lot of things. Didn't he do like an episode of Mandalorian or something? Yes. Yeah. So that was a good episode. He did the finale of the first season, I believe. Yeah. Um, so what else has he done? What other movies? I mean, he's he done, done a lot of movies in New Zealand, but uh, as far as movies that you would have seen, um, he did what we do in the shadows. Okay. And um, he did this movie called Thor Ragnarok. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually now blank. Oh, Jojo Rabbit is what. Is what oh yeah. Well then, yes. Because I, I, I mean, I knew I trusted him. I just I just needed to be reminded. He did a lot of other movies, movies, like Hunt for the Wilder People, and I can't remember the name of the other movie, but um, he's done a lot of movies, but yeah. Okay. Well, yes, I know. I've, I've seen, I know I've seen a, a couple of his movies. I've seen his work, and yeah, I think I I, I have a lot of faith. And uh, So you're a fan of those you've seen? Yeah, for sure. I think they're all really funny, and um, yeah, they're just a good time. Yeah, I, I love what we do in the shadows, and I love the TV I haven't TV seen what sh- we do in the shadows in a long time. Yeah, we, we should watch it again. Um, and then the TV show is fantastic. Yep. Uh, I actually really like Jojo Rabbit. So did I. It um, critically was actually still what ended up being a, a pretty big hit, but um, at first it was very divisive for people. People have a really hard time, understandably, uh, and they, they get pretty aggressive on... Um, hopping on social media and expressing their opinions when people are doing what Taika always does, which is kind of combining comedy with some sentiment and some heavier subjects. And in mm-hmm. this case, he was really walking a fine line by making a almost slapstick e farce set during the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, that this has been... This movie really should be looked at as kind of a miracle. Jojo Rabbit, I'm talking about, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, because many t- very talented directors have tried and failed miserably to do that. Yeah. I mean, Life is Beautiful won the Academy Award, but it's now kind of considered a joke movie. And I loved Life is Beautiful when it came out, but and that wasn't even trying to do nearly as weird of a comedy as that. What are you looking at? What's happening? I don't know what that is. It's an Italian movie. 
Oh, okay. It's, it's an Italian movie where um, a guy gets into a concentration camp with his young son, and he convinces his son that they're at a basically like a summer camp. And so he's always like doing little jokey things to make him think that they're at a, a camp. So he doesn't actually ever have to know that they're at a concentration camp. Um, and I, I think it, I honestly think that it, people are just overly harsh about it now, but anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. Mm-mm. Well, we're going to come back and say whether or not, uh, Taika finally, uh, disappointed us. Did he meet our expectations? How was Thor? Love and thunder. Love and thunder. After all that hype. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Kid Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Love and Thunder. And? Our opinions <laughs> and seeing if Taika... I forgot what you said earlier. No, I was going to say Love and Thunder and uh, Fifth Element because we're also going to be... Yeah, but I'm tonight. sure we'll have an ad break before. Yeah, we will. Fifth Element. So, yes, um... We obviously me and Solomon have talked about this. This is not our first time discussing the movie, so you already know um, kind of what I think. So, what did you think about Love and Thunder? Overall, I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It was a it was a fun time. Um, fun time. Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to uh, focus. Um, I don't know if it was as funny as um, as Ragnarok, and I think that's like its main goal. You know. Yep. Um. I mean, other than telling like a fun story. Um, I mean, there was some like real genuine belly laughs uh, sprinkled around in the movie. Sure. But over the, other than that, just a little bit of a couple of Snickers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, pretty good. I wouldn't say it's as good as Ragnarok, but pretty good. What about uh, you? What were your opinions, thoughts? Um, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty disappointing uh, especially on first watch now happy to watch it again at some point definitely not going to rush out to the theater to go see it again um but yeah i think that in this case i would have to side with um you know kind of the critic scores which you know just i so what a lot of people were saying is that the tones it's too tonally jarring the tones don't work blah 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 i don't have any issue with that i don't have an issue with that either i didn't think that was the problem I thought that the problem was that the tones that were there didn't work. Um, the movie was okay. was going for really crazy gonzo um, filmmaking like we saw. I mean, for, for Marvel, let's be really clear here. This is not like a Gaio movie or, you know what I mean, some uh, French horror movie. or You know what I mean? Yeah. And, it's no everything everywhere. Yeah. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's still kind of mainstream at this point, but it's not the fly or anything like that. So I mean, when I say gonzo weird filmmaking, I specifically mean inside the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think it was very weird. Frankly, after Ragnarok, it didn't feel weirder. It didn't feel zanier. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So it kind of, to me had a feeling of trying too hard to feel zany and not really working. Sometimes, um, like for instance, this sounds weirder than it is in the movie because the movie doesn't really give us a huge amount of context or enough. I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's just like there for the sake of it. And that is the screaming goats 
like there's these two giant screaming goats in the movie and doesn't that sound really weird right yes and um they just kind of get shoehorned in there like he just gives these people just randomly give him no these two don't explain the whole thing but as far as the movie goes we never know anything about these screaming goats the it's not like we got to this planet and thor said oh the one thing you should know about these people is they worship the two screaming goats or anything just for no reason they just randomly give him goats as a gift and then the goats are just kind of in the movie randomly pulling their viking thing like there's there's elements of it that were just felt like they were trying to put weird stuff in there and it wasn't that funny to me and it didn't I didn't even think the goats were that funny. I mean, I thought they were kind of silly, but um, I didn't. The goats are just a symptom, I guess you could say, of what the what I'm the problem. I'm just using them as an example. I didn't ha- hate the goats or anything. I'm not saying you hated the goats. I'm just saying I felt like they worked. I didn't think they were like shoehorned in there. And it didn't bother me that they were in the movie. But I literally just said it didn't bother me that they're I'm in not, the movie. That's not what I meant. You know, I don't have any idea what you meant. That's exactly what you just now said. Yeah, but you you were saying like. I was using them just, as an example of the way in which the movie tries to act like it's being overly silly, but it just seemed random and forced. It didn't feel that way. It didn't feel forced to me. That specific thing. Yeah. Nope. Okay, that fine. Specific thing. That specific thing was the least irritating. It's just the top of my head example of the kind we'll come back of, with some more examples. and um, Yeah, just goats that scream. Ha, 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 ha. Goats already scream. Not they don't they like bah. But goats do scream. It's like a meme. Oh really? They scream like that? Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, a bunch of big giant silly goats that, and also we don't ever care about the goats or anything. That's not like they become Thor's like best friends. That's what I thought was gonna happen. I was actually really scared they were gonna die. I was hoping they were gonna die. <laughs> so mean. I'm just kidding. I, like I said, they didn't annoy me. The goats. I just thought that was a good. That was the best example I could think of off the top of my head. But overall, the movie just didn't feel as weird as it seemed like it thought it was even when they go to like a realm where it's all in black and white like it looked cool but Mm -hmm. um it wasn't that weird and uh the other the kind of biggest thing is um kind of going back to my original point which is it's not that i had an issue at all with it kind of being tonal tonally varied or the tones clashing together i just didn't think that it was vibing properly in any one of the tones that it had vibing yeah like it wasn't um it was a ro- really pushing into a romantic comedy, and it didn't feel very romantic to me, and it didn't feel very funny to me. I, I, there is a really great uh, running gag about there being like a love triangle between, uh, what's the hammer's name? Molnier. 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 Not yeah. Molnier. Yeah, Molnier. <laughs> I always pronounce it wrong. Yeah, between like the hammer and uh, Stormbreaker, his new axe. And I thought, and Thor, and I thought that that was a really great uh, running bit. And so there was some really clever stuff in there, but a lot of it was repeated jokes, um, trying to act like jokes from the first move from Thor Ragnarok, kind of acting like they were continuing them, but it just felt like they were just doing them again. Mm-hmm. And they would, so they didn't feel like inside jokes. They just feel like you're copying yourself. Um, so yeah, you have a movie that is supposed to be this weird gonzo movie that's uh, also a great action movie, a great romantic comedy, a great romance, a great comedy, and I just didn't feel like the action was that interesting. From a, There was nothing that I, can, I honestly can't even think of one particularly amazing action scene in this movie. Um, that's a good point. Uh, 
I didn't think that, the, like I said, the romance part. I love Natalie Portman. I love Jane Foster. I was so glad they brought her back. I love the fact they brought her back as, um, you know, as the mighty Thor. And, um, but I just wasn't picking up what they were putting down when it came to their romance. Um, and then, yeah, it, I just felt like every every one of the specific tones or genres that it was playing in, they were they were doing a worse job than I've seen in most of these movies in the past. Wow. Yeah. You thought it was you disagree completely? You thought it was really romantic and I mean and you did say it wasn't that funny. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. I feel like none of the elements were just as heightened as they should have been. Um so I uh, I mean, that's why my review isn't that high. I'm just asking, like, if you agree or disagree. I agree. I agree. Um, I, just, I still, I just. Can I just give, this is maybe a better example than the goats. The goats are an example of, like, the weirdness for weirdness sake. This is an example of something else that I think um, where you just see a watering down of what could have been. And that is with Jane Foster being Mighty Thor. So there's a full spoiler podcast. You guys already know the rules. But um, this is in the comics that she has cancer, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they keep that in the movie, right? So you have cancer bu- bumping up against this other movie. and they, Cancer bumping up against another sorry, movie. Sorry, you have a cancer story bumping up against this silly romantic comedy action movie, right? Okay. So that's the kind of tonal things that people were talking about. But one thing they did that was incredibly bizarre to me was the way that they have Jane... Foster become Mighty Thor is it's it the reason I'm saying it's like the goats is it's so truncated and it never truncated yeah it doesn't make any sense it is just it just happens like in in the Mighty Thor original story about Jane Jane Foster's Mighty Thor um what happened she I has had a brain aneurysm. Um, she, Molnir chooses her, right? Because she's pure of heart. She's such a good, decent person, right? Mm-hmm. That's a whole point of that. If it wasn't the point of it, then it wouldn't have been so powerful when Captain America picks it up in the Avengers, right? Yeah. And it also makes her such a, um, it makes her character so much more profound. Only like three people have ever picked this thing up. You know what I mean? And yeah. she's one of them. And it makes it, it shows a lot about her character and her integrity, who she is as a person, you know? Mm-hmm. And in this, she basically sees in a book that just randomly sees in a book that uh, maybe wielding Molnir will um, heal her from cancer. So she hikes down there and sees the broken thing and it starts glowing. And then all of a sudden cut to another scene and she just pops up his store. Right? Yeah. And then we find out later that it's all because of some flippant remark that Thor said to the hammer about protecting her. But that robs the whole story of its whole essence. You know what I mean? Now you basically have made it to where she got to be Thor, but only because her boyfriend Thor made a special magical exception for her. We don't have it to where she can wield it because she's such a great person or because she's pure of heart or because of any of those things. You know, it's her boyfriend just made 
an accidental spell, and then she just becomes Thor. So I just felt like, see how see, do you see the difference in nuance between those two things? Yes. You keep, it seem like you're no. I'm I'm just absorbing the information, and I am. It's just disappointing that you're correct. Yeah, and I feel like the whole movie kind of does that. Every time it could have taken the more nuanced route, the the route that would have added a little bit of depth to the scenes or to the characters or whatever, they just kind of were like, if we do it and we make it look cool, that's good enough. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing that I'll say, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of been hogging this, and I'll give you the final word. But the last thing I'll say is. Because there was no great action set pieces or whatever, I think they were really relying on the visuals, the visual style of the movie to carry us, carry it over the finish line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was great. But unfortunately, um, I think I mentioned this to you before, it was really undercut by the fact that we all just watched Stranger Things, you know? Yeah. And we should do an entire podcast about the new season of Stranger Things. Yeah, we might do that next episode. Yeah. Um... But Stranger Things had just done this very vibrant, um, crazy, heavy metal cover art style, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And set pieces. And then it made it to where if that's all that we're going to be ha- being able to hold on to in this Thor movie, then you're going to need to have something else really exciting to kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just didn't feel like they were able to do that. Also, like Stranger Things is way more crazy and zany. Yeah, exactly. Which is weird. It's a TV show on Netflix known for being very, very conservative Yeah. Uh, about what they put on there. I mean, even the scene at the end, they literally are very similar to the end of Stranger Things. Like, they're all being held up by weird tentacle things. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just keep saying, yeah. I know. I just I'm, You keep looking at me confusedly and then saying, yeah, so I can't it's tell. It's me imagining the scene in my head. Yeah, but it was very similar, right? Yeah. You have all the people in the house being held up by tentacles, and you have Eleven and all those people being held up by tentacles, and then the same thing, just random black slimy tentacles <laughs> are holding, like, was it, who was it? Jane Foster, Valkyrie, Thor. Yeah, just all three of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, not only did it have a been there, done that feel to it to me as far as just to Thor Ragnarok, it didn't help that I just had watched Stranger Things, so it had a doubly been there, done been that. There, done that thing. Um, but yeah, why don't you uh, let's talk about performances though? Because I think that's one thing that we both can agree was uh, you know unequivocally positive. Yeah, I, I I can agree with that personally. Are you gonna say anything? <laughs> uh, yes, um, I think I think. Um, who who are um, I think I'm gonna go for Natalie Portman personally, even though she because I feel like you're gonna go for Natalie Portman personally for who I'm gonna talk about right now. Oh, you got to talk about all of them. So you want to start with Natalie Portman? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh my gosh, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Um, <laughs> so I think she did a really good job, but I feel like also she didn't have a whole lot to work with. You know, she was just kind of like she was just Thor. But girl version, like she was just a fun, nice person, I guess. And like she's supposed to be funny. And then she has supposed to be funny. (laughs) And then she has like, I mean, like for like a writing, she has to be funny. Right. Um, And then she has cancer. But they also just don't do a whole lot with that either. You know, make her get dead. (laughs) (laughs) What? 
full spoilers already said. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you made me lose my train of thought by doing that. But yeah, like she just her just having cancer that has nothing to do with her dying doesn't have anything to do with her acting. So you're saying her. So when you said you were gonna start with her, I was thinking you were saying like, oh, you're calling her out as like the the number one person, like your favorite. Yeah, well, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that, but like I just. You wish you could have given her a higher score. I'm not saying it was her fault. She did great. She always does great. She's a great performer, and she did great with what she had. But I just feel like she didn't have a whole lot to do. All she could do is be like, "Oh, I'm dying, and I'm gonna say something quippy about me being." here to help and I'm going to do whatever it takes to save the day with my final life. So really quickly, cause we're going to need to take a break and then I'll let you, we'll come back directly into you discussing the performances. But another thing that's really irritating that changed from the story that completely it made it less good. Okay. I say objectively is that whenever she uses, whenever she becomes mighty Thor in the comics, like in that comic run that love and thunder is based on the movie, um, whenever she uses the hammer to become Thor, it cures. She's great in great shape, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But when she goes back to human form, every or every let's sorry, let me let me step back. Whenever she turns into Mighty Thor, what it does is it purifies her body into perfect, like you know, God form. Mm-hmm. But part of what it does is it also purifies the chemotherapy chemicals out of her bloodstream. Oh. So she literally is getting sicker at making the cancer stronger um, because she keeps having to do this to help save the world and to help Thor, her lover. That doesn't make sense. Sorry, person. Because if she, if I mean, she, doesn't make sense. If she's going into God form. Her Not body, necessarily God form, but whatever. If her body going into perfect condition, that should just get rid of the, chem, the, the, the tumor. She doesn't have a tumor. She has cancer. What? She doesn't necessarily have a tumor. Well, she gets she get a bone cancer, or whatever. She get rid of the cancer. No, because cancer is your cells themselves. Yeah, to get rid of them. Well, whatever it does is it purifies her blood. It doesn't purif- It doesn't change her body, and it goes. Why does back it only to purify it. her blood? I don't know. Well, I, then that doesn't make any sense. I don't. I, I haven't read the comic recently, so I can't tell you every little detail of it. But I'm just saying, how does it make less sense than what happens in the movie, where she just becomes strong and then goes back to having cancer? How does it make, has it any different at all? I'm just saying neither of them makes sense. The point is that she is, in this movie, they make it to where she's basically dead already from the beginning. She's diagnosed with stage four cancer. It's uncurable. The chemo's not working. And the only thing that her using the hammer does in this is make it to where she dies a little bit faster because it uses her stamina. It was much better when it's that she can be cured. She can be saved. But because she has to keep turning into Thor, it keeps flushing her body of the very thing that it needs to beat the cancer. So it makes her death an actual sacrifice. Whereas this, it was just inevitable and she just died a little bit sooner. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's another level of nuance that they stripped out of the story for no which also, reason. Yeah, that wouldn't have been that hard to do. Yeah. You would have just changed like three lines. Exactly. And it would have been better yeah. storytelling. I agree. Totally. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, so I'm going to finish going through... Um, so many characters. You have to go through every character, just what we thought about the performances, and then that will wrap up our discussion of Thor, Love and Thunder. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast, and the final part of our discussion of Thor, Love and Thunder. I keep wanting to say God of Thunder. 
I mean, that is what he is. So we're kind of, we've gone through most of everything that we think we need to discuss here, but we were just finishing up on, hopefully on a positive note by discussing some of the performances. You just went through Natalie Portman. Um, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, on, you know, Chris Hemsworth. He knows what he's doing in Thor. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He, he's Thor. He's played Thor for several years now. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. I mean, he's great, and I think that... He's gotten better, not, personally. Yeah, people shouldn't under... Uh, rate his comic timing. I think he's very funny. He's very good. Um, I like Chris Hemsworth. What did you think about um, Valkyrie? Well, t- yeah, the, Tessa Thompson. She's playing the kind of same character, but the big three, you know, remaining is Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie, remaining. and well, that we're going to talk about um, okay. uh, Christian Bale as the villain, first time in the MCU, leaving the DCU where he was Batman, and. Um, and then, of course, Russell Crowe as Zeus. So, okay. So, uh, Tessa Thompson. Also, I don't have a whole lot to say about her either. I think because she's, she's, I don't feel like she's even in it that much. They kind of sidelined her. They didn't really know what to do with her character. Yeah, and she's in it a lot, but she's not doing anything. Yeah, um, she's like the president of New. What's what's? I, I want to say New Valheim. No. I know it's not. What's what's Thor's area called? I can't remember. Asgard, New Asgard. Yeah, so she's like the president of New Asgard, and that's like her character. She's like, I'm done doing business stuff. I'm gonna help yeah. out. The end. That's all I can say about her. I guess she's good mm-hmm. as always. I mean, that she just like I said, this doesn't have a whole lot to do. Um, next, let's do. We can we can do the villain last. Um, who was the other Russell Crowe? Yeah. Russell Crowe was really fun. I liked his character. Um, I liked Fat Zeus. Uh, I think, and he, he, you said, you mentioned this while we, while we were watching it, which he did like a, uh, the Michael Scott Greek impersonation. Yes. Like, the, like it that was, level it, of It was the bad. hammiest, funniest Greek accent that I've ever heard other than Michael Scott. Yeah, so doing Mykonos, and I'm gonna hope that that's on purpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I assume it is. Um, but yeah, that was. I think he was really fun, and I think they did a good job, or he did a good job with his character. Yeah, that was one of the few scenes in the movie that I really thought that the zaniness and everything was working on at all levels. He was he was so hammy and he was so chubby. <laughs> I was kind of surprised, but he's like he's like this big god baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's just doing magic tricks with his lightning bolt, and mm-hmm. it's so hokey. Yeah. So, but we meet him at like a like this god meeting area. That's why my name was Ra because they mention Ra whenever they go to the, the very cleverly named omnipotent city. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> also, one of my favorite like little sight gags, if you if that's what I would call it, was the um, bow god of dumplings. Oh yeah. Um, which is literally just a dumpling and one of those um. Spoon things. Spoon things, the red and black ones. My voice keeps, like, cracking. I know. What's happening to it? That's what I said. I think I'm... Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to audition for Into the Woods. Not with that voice. I think I'm I think I'm aging. I think I'm growing up to be um, a big boy. Yeah, but it seems weird. It's happening right this second. <coughs> uh, yeah, that was one of the fun, fun, more fun scenes in the movie. I thought that that performance was just crazy. Um, but, and I, I'm... Crazy? I, I'm a, yeah, the crazy performance, like crazy good, just crazy in general. Everything about every decision that he made there was really bananas. He didn't try and 
flatter himself or seem cool or anything. Okay. He was just like a little baby with a ridiculous Greek accent. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but I want to talk about, uh, I want you to talk about Christian Bale. I was about to. Um, yeah, just because I wish that Gore the God Butcher um, would have been in a better Thor movie. <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, so Gore the God Butcher. Um, I think, honestly, I think his first scene was the best scene. Like, the first time we see him. Um, which was, like, whenever his daughter dies and whenever he becomes the God Butcher. Right. I think we get a, a good we get a good idea of how he acts and, like, what his character is going to be. And um, I think he does a good job, um, you know, you, you feel guilty for you feel bad for him. And um, I think he did a really good job performing that and like what it would be like to have the power to like get revenge on. Right. Their daughter's death, you know? Um, so I feel like that was his best scene. Cause other than that, I, f I think he did a good job as a villain, I guess. Now that I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, he seems, he seems kind of creepy, but he seems like you kind of understand him a little bit. Um, like whenever he kidnaps the kid, kids, and he's like being really weird with the sn and he kills like a snake in front of them. Yeah, that I thought that scene was so great. Yeah, I liked that scene a lot. I think he did a great job with that. Um, but other than that, he's kind of like a stone cold, evil villain. You know, um, I don't think so. I thought because he's only killing gods. I know, but it's unfortunate. I mean, this is a Thor movie, so that means all of our friends, but. You know, because he cuts Lady Sif's arm off. Yeah. Um, but What do you mean you don't think he's a evil? He's only killing gods. He decides that any... Okay, well, I know, but I'm just mean like he's just... He's just cold. He just kills villains for for his child, and that's kind of it. I thought he had a... I thought his performance was pretty nuanced. He, the I way said he his performance was good. The way he modulated his voice and the way he would change whenever he's trying to be, like, fun with the kids, but he's actually just scaring them because... He's getting corrupted by the is it the void blade. No, what's it called? What's the void blade? Nothing. That sounds familiar to it's me. It's not real. It is. What is it called? Necros. Necro, Necro sword. Yeah. Um, Just kind of a silly name. What is the void blade? That it's is nothing. Something. It's not anything. Yes, it is. Anyway, it might be from that one movie. Don't look it on your phone. Okay. So anyway, I just thought, I thought he did a great job. I just wish that he was in a better movie. You know, a better movie would have been able to use him a lot more. I wanted a lot more scenes like the one where he was with the kids trying to be fun, but he's like Jack Skellington almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one issue I have with it's his design, comparison. which is I don't think a lot they could do about it because it's pretty close to the comics, but um, uh, he looked so much like Voldemort to me. It yeah. was kind of distracting. I agree with that. And uh, yet another... Thing, and I can't remember actually what happens in the comic, just so you know, but I know it wasn't what happened in this movie because it was so dumb. And it's, again, just trying to shorthand things instead of just allowing it to room to breathe, which is so this whole this guy's entire thing is is motivated because his daughter dies. Yeah, and because his daughter dies. He's going to um, he's going to kill all the gods because he prayed to the gods. that he, They would save her. And right, they right, didn't. Right, right. So he decides the gods aren't worth. They, they must be evil. If they have the power to help you and they don't, they must be evil. And thus, they deserve to die. Yes. So 
his whole plan, which is pretty convoluted. You don't really know what it is until the very end of the movie almost. So mm-hmm. it's kind of annoying. Again, it, Once again, it's like the goats. It feels like he just comes out of nowhere and they expect us to take it. Then he's trying to get to what's called eternity, right? Yep. And apparently when you get to eternity in the center of the universe or whatever, the big eternity God will grant you a wish. One wish. But it's not like that in the comics at all. Eternity is not a first of all is not just a genie that grants you a wish you yeah. know what i mean is not is eternity not the yes it is darkness area no no that's his shadow realm oh okay, yeah that's the shadow realm okay um so he does that and his wish is going to be that all the gods would die so a Stupid. Dumb, 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 <laughs> dumb. It is so much like Thanos and the snap. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's irritating to me. It's not <clears throat> It's not like the snap. And it's the snap and Thanos' reasoning oh my makes God. sense. This, it makes sense. He wants all the gods dead. So he was trying to find a way to kill them all at once. So he's just asking to do it at one time. It's very similar. You use magic to instantly disappear a huge amount of people. I'm not saying it's exactly the same. I know, but I feel like you're just comparing a great villain to this... I'm saying it's art. I know I'm comparing something that already was done. Okay. Anyway, it's it's lame. It's lazy storytelling. It's not exciting way to kill people. Is a genie that just is going to magically kill them all for you. But he never one time thought to use his wish to make his daughter come back alive until Thor tells him to do it. Yeah. It's so silly because they made they decided to truncate the storytelling into making eternity. Like, like if you think about it, what did he even do? What do you mean? We didn't see Gore the God Butcher going around butchering any gods. I mean, he did, though. We just didn't we just, see it, that's, which kind of sucks. That's what I'm saying. So all he did was trollop around trying to trick people into bringing, into open, using the Bifrost to open a portal to a genie so he could ask the genie to kill all the gods. Very, very, very disappointing use of Gore the God Butcher and a great performance by Christian Bale. Anyway, we are going to have very little time to talk about... I mean, it's an old movie, so I don't think we need to say that much about it. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that much, but I want to go over our final ratings. So I would say at the uh, end of the day, I I will give Thor um, Love and Thunder 6.2 magic, but not magic enough to cure cancer hammers. That's pretty Mold, funny. Years. Out of... Did you say out of 10? Out of 10, yeah. Okay. Um, I, you, the thing is, you've lowered my review. <laughs> How did I lower it? Because you just made a bunch of good points. <laughs> just annoying. Well, you don't have to lower your review. I have to now, because it's bad. <laughs> Movie's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'll give it like 6.5. Really? I thought you were last last time I talked, you were like giving it an eight. And I was giving it a seven point five. Oh, so you dropped it by a full point. Yep. Um, I was gonna give it a six point five out of let's do like ten point five. So you gave it a seven? Uh no. Okay. Do you not know how math works? No, not really, actually. <laughs> if I I'm not going to explain that to you. It's, it's basic math. Um, I think I'm going to give it like really dumb wishes. Poor choice of wishes. 
Okay. Yeah, six point five out of ten point five really dumb wishes. Well, I think that um I really think that we should just save the fifth element and talk about it next time. But we already said we're gonna talk about it. But we have time and we're running out of time. We're gonna have fifteen minutes. Dude, but we already said we're gonna talk about it. What are we All right, let's go. We'll do it in fifteen minutes. There's gonna be a really long, full hour long podcast. And only fifteen minutes of but it. But the people know that we're gonna talk what are we gonna do? What do you mean? They'll just they'll just find out no we're not <laughs> that's okay we'll talk about it. only let's, let's, listening let's to this go. podcast for fifth element okay you're right that's what, a lot of people are only listening to it for fifth element all right so let's go come on uh well should we just like take a quick mini break sure we're gonna take a quick break and we will start our discussion of the fifth element all right <laughs> uh welcome back to the bonus part of this week's episode <laughs> the bonus part the bonus this is the bonus round maybe we shouldn't say the fifth element in the title of a podcast and then they'll secretly find out if they listen to the end yes um we don't have a ton of time to to go over this but it's fine most of you have haven't have if you <laughs> most of you either already seen this if you wanted to or you haven't but Solomon hadn't seen it in a really long time so i just thought it'd be worth having a quick discussion about um the fifth element uh so the, um we is it Fandango? Fandango? Who is the who's the people who host these? Fathom. Fandango. That's an old movie site. So uh, <laughs> Fathom hosted a special 25th anniversary uh, 4K screening of The Fifth Element at the big, nice uh, theater. And I in, saw it and immediately insisted that we race down there to go see it. Which Solomon, made me irate. Solomon exactly was not happy about it. He's like, oh, I don't want to see this old movie. It's so old. It's bad. And I, was like, I, oh, I roasted it a couple of times. Yeah, he said a bunch of horrible things about it. And then he was like, I was like, Mila Jovovich is in it. She's really, she's really attractive in this movie. And he was like, he like looked her up and he's like, oh, she looks like a dog face pony soldier. I did not say and I, that. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Nobody's ever watched The Fifth Element and thought that. Anyway, so he's in here trying to roast me and Samuel Boomery making him he's acting like I'm making him go see like Duck Soup or some old Charlie Chaplin movie the fact that you know what that is makes you really old I went to film school it came out in like the 20s I wasn't alive of course you saw it when you were, in, you were 20 anyway I I, I didn't see it when I was 20. <laughs> you know in the 20s anyway so he's trying to roast me and so he calls up one of his he called me Gen Z friends oh my gosh and what happened what happened when you're trying to like he Dunk loves the, movie. the Fifth Element's favorite movie in the whole world, and he thinks Mila Jovovich is really hot. Yeah, he didn't say he did not agree with the, the crappy movie assessment or your rude, borderline sexist calling her a dog-faced pony soldier. I didn't soldier. say that. That's the thing that Joe Biden said. I just think it's really funny sounding. When did Joe Biden say that? He called somebody a dog-faced pony soldier. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, it's, he said it's from some movie, but I don't know what it is. Anyway, so um, so yeah, what did you think about the Fifth Element? Watching it again. Um, it's a it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty funny. I I think uh I think the funniest guy was the uh, the radio star. Chris. Chris. Yes, I keep blanking on his last name. Oh, yeah, that is just his name. I thought you were going to name me his real name. Yeah, I'm giving you his real name. It's Chris. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I keep wanting to say Cooper. This is really embarrassing to me. Keep going. 
He was really good. Um, <laughs> I like the way he said uh, Corbin, because that's the main character. I don't know why. Dad, are you looking something up? Yes, I'm looking up what his name is. Well, while you're at it, look up the Void Sword. I'm going to. Don't worry. Keep... Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was fun. I think I think it was... I, was Tucker. I thought of it before I looked it up, just so you know. Look. Good. Mm, I hadn't even typed it in yet. I just I hadn't even typed in Fifth Element yet. LA is all I got. Anyway, yes, Chris Tucker. Okay. And the way he says Corby, he's like Corby, Corby. And he says Corbin. He's saying Corbin, but he says it so fast it's not like he's saying Corby. Oh, he's, he's like Corby, Corby, Corby. Yeah, it's, Corbin, it's it's really funny. Um, I think this movie is honestly kind of crazy, and it's shocking. It it holds up pretty well, I would say. Um, it's. A whole new world that he created in one movie and honestly I think anyone who can do that is kind of a genius um, yeah and you have like you have like some I think career okay let's be really careful here because some of these people have won Academy Awards for like really profound things about World War Two and whatever I mean Gary Oldman for God's sake just won an Academy Award for playing Winston Churchill so Gary Oldman's the villain in case you didn't remember yeah. Um. So Zerg bot. Yeah. But I was gonna say some career best or at least zaniest performances from people for a movie that's this silly is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. I I, I would agree with that. But it's just I think it's crazy that you were able to this director. What's his name? Luke Besson. That Luke, Lukey, um, was able to just create this really really cool and unique world it's it's there's not a this isn't like sci-fi that i've seen before you know they created like the multi-pass you know just like just like normal thing everyday things but that were that were new you know new everyday things that seemed like i feel like if i I, i'm just thinking about this like there's not like common life no no i feel like not many people are like focused on the common life of people and like what they need right. in a sci-fi world you know what i mean and like how they have like magical food makers or something and i remember because it was the special screening we saw um like interviews and he was talking about like how he wanted to make everything different or something like that he wanted like everything normal to be extra normal or super normal <laughs> i don't remember that part <laughs> i do i remember he was say he was saying like he wanted he wanted like everyday things to be heightened or crazier right. or something. Like there was a, there's, first of all, um, Corbin's apartment, the whole way that that's set up, it's, it's, this, this honestly, Fifth Element, I think is so underrated for this. Somebody who really knows exactly what the tone of his movie is. You know, this is a huge departure, I think, from what happened in, with the newest Thor movie and that this is somebody who's very in control of the tone. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the tone is always this larger than life version of, a still kind of grounded future. Yeah. But that is also silly and playful and to some extent slapsticky, you know, mm-hmm. and sexy. You know what I mean? Like all that's in there. It's it is it, he wrote it whenever he was 16. It really feels like a 16-year-old, you know, imagining the future. Imagining the future. Um but, you know, you have Mila Jovovich playing uh I want to call her Lulu. Lulu. Lilu, um, and she's um, yes, she is wearing band aids for the first part of the movie, um, bandages. But she's just has this very 
uh, sweet, charming quality. It's not. She's not. She's is a obviously very attractive lady, but she's not playing up the um, like she, she's not vamping. She's not. You know what I mean. She's not playing her like a seductress or anything. She's playing yeah. her as a uh, you know kind of very silly, pure creation. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. she's she's elemental. Yeah. But there is a 16-year-old boy fantasy thing kind of going on there and that, that she's the perfect woman, you know what I mean? And he's waiting around for the perfect woman. And she yeah. also happens to be really gorgeous and wear almost nothing most of the movie long. That's not true. She wears clothes. Even then. You, I, look, I'm not complaining about she it. Wore, I'm just saying. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, anyway, back to the back to the, the, the tone thing. You were talking about like the everyday things. Mm-hmm. So you have his apartment and you have the funny stuff where he like wraps people up in his bed and, you know, pushes the people in the freezer yeah um but you have it to where they're basically living in a really small space about the size of this set you know what i mean Mm -hmm. he's like his whole apartment and everything goes in the walls but then one of my favorite little details is that there are like food trucks that just come up to your window yeah that was really cool like it was like this flying boat yeah and it was like a chinese food restaurant and it was just like it like your wall opened up outside of the thing and you just got food yeah it was really cool. Yeah, I thought that was a really fun detail. Yeah. It's like, it's like, instead of just delivery, you deliver the whole restaurant. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. Or like a food truck. Like I said. Oh, yeah. It's like if a food truck would travel to you. So what did you think about like the, um, the aesthetic design of everything? You know, you had this, the, the opening scene, the chase scene with the, the cabs and the floating flying cars. And then you have the aliens, which are almost all, all well, all are practical effects. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about those elements, the, the sci-fi elements of it? Um, honestly, pretty cool. Did you say like the design elements? The sci-fi elements, yeah, the design, but just in general. Like what? Okay. Pretty cool is your response. <laughs> yeah, I thought they were all. I thought they were really. I thought okay, sorry. I thought they were all really well done, and I think the aliens. They looked a bit weird, I will say. They were silly. Because they're old also. Because they're old? Yeah. The movie's old. Oh. Which aliens are you talking about? The silly ones? The ones that transform. Oh, okay. The shape-shifting ones. Yeah. They kind of look like those guys with three eyes from Star Wars, but sillier. You know what I'm talking the about? The guys with three eyes. Yeah, the guys have like three eye stalks. And they and in all the Star Wars video games, they're the ones who throw grenades at you. Three eye stalks. Yes, the three eye guys in Star Wars. I do not know why I cannot think of this because I know Star Wars so well. Okay, keep going. I'll have to look it up again. Um, but yeah, I felt like all really neat. Like the flying cars, they looked good. Um, I thought it was cool that they like created. I just, just so cool looking. They had so many cool sets. Those are the three eye guys. I do not know what those are. Are you joking me? No. Um, like really great sets, tons, tons of new worlds they created and like, um, new areas like, dude, there's so many for a sci-fi movie. I feel like there's so much. They had that cool apartment that moved all the time. They had the spaceship. They had the, like the, uh, magical, the cruise ship, cruise ship. Um, they had the place where they had to go to the, they had to go to like the airport. Yeah. There's just so much. There was like the the space the the military peoples. They had the actual like um, temple. 
Mm-hmm. The temple looked really good, really good. And that's actually, I loved, I loved the temple scene. From the beginning? Or after, at the end. Oh. I mean, I liked the beginning too, but I liked it at the end. Um, also, the I think one of the aliens that I forgot to mention were the main one, like the, the savior ones, the big robots. I loved them. Oh, really? Because you were trashing on them really hard before. <clears> they are my profile picture, Dad. <laughs> I love those guys too. Yeah, but you said they look like the Cabal, so I was trashing you for that. Because I don't think they do. I think they still kind of look like the Cabal. But I really like them. They're they're funny looking and they're really cool. I think they're funny and looking, I like that they're, they're like the cool. saviors. Yeah. You know? Like they're so big and like they're clompy. so slow and clumpy. Yeah. I just think they're like a really silly idea for like the saviors. Yeah. Um. And I really liked, I really just really liked the element, the way the elements work. Like I had to feel the elements and you had to like blow on the wind one and then catch fire to the fire one. Yeah, it's pretty and pretty basic puzzle. It's like a video game puzzle. Yeah. At least it's easy to understand. Yeah, and it was cool. Um, yeah, I totally agree with all of that. I think that I, I, I actually really lo- have grown to love a lot of the design elements that whenever I was younger I thought were stupid because now you understand that it matches the tone of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think that everything about it was stupid. <laughs> and it's fine because it's a silly movie. But like, what is his name is Zorg or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Um, his hair is so dumb. And the accent that Gary Oldman is, considering he's such an amazing performer, the choice that he made with that voice is just, I love it. Yeah. Um, I love the fact now that the guns all look so over the top and silly. And they have like, they have so, they have such a weird range of abilities they can do. They they literally look like something from Looney Tunes, like that Wile E. Coyote would have. Yeah. And it's it just that that weapon was so bizarre. It shot like nets, snowballs, flamethrowers, bullets, homing missiles, and it blows up. It, it self destructs. Um, yeah, I really like. And one quick thing, because we we were about to have to go. But what did you think about the, um, the singing lady, the, the like space opera singer alien? She was really weird. <laughs> I I thought it's really cool. I really like that song. Oh, the song was really good. Yeah, I like that. I just think she was weird. Oh well, she just looked weird. Cool. Maybe I, I think she is cool. And then when you first see her, she's like, um, dressed like you cannot see her. She's just yeah. blue. Yeah, she has like a weird veil on. Yeah. Well, anyway, for whenever we do like little retro features like this for older movies, um, I don't like to usually give a, a rating score. I just use we can just say ter- ver- ter- verbal verbal um, scoring. No scoring, but based on what I've said, I obviously really love this movie. Um, I think that if you haven't seen it, find somebody who who you know, likes it. Yeah, find somebody who likes it who will convince you to, to like it. Also, no, find somebody to to watch it with. I wouldn't say it's a it's a movie to watch with people. You know what I mean? It's like it's a good beer a, and popcorn movie. It's really it's a it's a really fun, enjoyable movie, and I I think you're right. I think you do want to find it like a group of people to watch it with. Yeah, because you're watching it by yourselves, and it's just like I don't feel like. It, it would work as well. It's not as fun. Yeah, I mean, and, and and it's it's one of those movies where if I see it, if it gets stuck in my head, it's kind of like um, uh, Starship Troopers. Actually, is another one, um, but um, Galaxy Quest. You know, there's Love certain Galaxy there's certain Quest. movies that are so well paced and so fun to watch that um, anytime it pops into my head, I think about it. I will not be able to rest until I go watch the movie. You know what yeah. I mean? We should do Galaxy Quest as one of our bonus bonus things. Well, I would love to. Um, 
But, anyway. but yeah, I think I think this is a, a really fun movie. And um, was I, I was going to say something else, and I now I lost my thought. Oh yeah, go into it, go into it with an open mind, you know. Like, yeah, unlike Solomon, don't go into it calling people dog face pony soldiers. Stop. Um, it would. I think. I think you really just have to, you have to take a look at it and then know what you're getting yourself into before you like watch it. You know what I mean? Sure. Because I feel like it's really weird. Yeah, it's very. It, it's yeah. And I know I'm sorry, but it's kind of old, you know. So if 25 you're, years old. Yeah, it's 25 years old. So you know, go on, like, look at it, see what it is, and we just gave you a bunch of things to like about it. So I feel like you should go see it. Yep, I agree. Well, we are at time, and thank you guys for sticking with us. This is uh, one of our longer episodes, but we did have to do a double feature this week. We will be back. We always we try and tell you what we're going to watch next time, but it backfires on us a lot. Please don't so tell them. Hopefully, next time we're going to be watching, we'll be discussing Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. But uh, oh, yeah. things that always happen. But that's probably what we'll be discussing. Or Stranger Things. Anyway, we'll see. until next time. Love you guys. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.